Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The first thing I do want to talk about is something that's in the news all morning. And I suppose the whole climate change thing has been discussed, debated. There's been protests and kind of a lot of people kind of were a little bit indifferent about the whole thing. But then we stop being indifferent, I suppose, when it comes to the point of, well, hold on for a second, you might actually have to pay more tax uh, because, you know, if you want this planet to survive, it's going to cost money. Uh, so I don't know what your feelings on climate or the climate action plan published by the government yesterday are. The government aims to bring 950,000 electric vehicles into circulation as part of a climate action plan, which was published yesterday. It also plans to introduce legislation to ban the sale of petrol or diesel cars by 2030 and to roll out a nationwide charging system for electric vehicles. And the Minister for Communications, Action, uh, Climate Action and Environmental, uh, Richard Bruton, described the plan as ambitious but realistic I don't know how he believes this is realistic. He said it identified how Ireland would uh, achieve its 2030 targets for carbon emissions and put the country on a trajectory to achieve a net zero carbon emissions by 2050. This is pie-in-the-sky stuff. It really is. They're not going to do that by 2050. Anyway, the plan also includes proposals to eliminate non-recyclable plastics uh, and impose higher fees on the production of materials which are hard to recycle. And I think we're all happy about that. I think everybody, I don't think there's a person on this planet, uh, you know, is happy to see these plastics floating around the sea, by the way, which from a pollution point of view, not from a climate point of view, is certainly uh, not a nice thing. Single-use plastic items, including plates, cutlery, straws, cotton buds, will all be banned in time. And currently only 30% of the country's electricity comes from renewable sources, and the government intends to increase that figure to 70%. I don't know how they'll do that without a nuclear plans. But anyway, the plan also includes a proposal to introduce uh, a micro-generation scheme to allow homeowners to generate their own electricity and sell what they have left back to the national grid. And the government also plans to expand the current network of cycling paths and path and ride facilities in an effort to reduce congestion. An intensive programme of uh, retrofitting will see 400,000 heat pumps installed in homes and businesses, according to the plan. In other words, getting rid of the, the uh, gas and oil heating systems that we have at the moment. And I'm assuming if you still have those by a certain time, you'll probably be levied for having them or taxed. It also plans a retrofit plan will be introduced by uh, for 500 homes and will result in in large groups of houses being retrofitted by the same contractor in order to reduce the costs. Smart finance and easy payback methods will also be introduced to retro, in the retrofit plan. And let me just give you the, the, downs, or what the downside of that is. They want to bring them up to B2. Now, there are some houses in this country which will never, ever be up to B2 standard. This is, by the way, the energy efficiency of your home. Most old homes in this country, i.e. Dublin Corporation homes, the old houses that were built 70, 80 years ago will never get to B2. I can't see how you would ever get them to B2. And if you can, it's going to cost quite a substantial amount of money. And the government is saying, well, we're not paying for it, but we will introduce smart finance and easy payback methods so you can pay for it. And I don't think people are going to walk, wash. This is not going to wash well with this. Tisha Cleo said the plan would help create jobs and business in the future. And he said a climate action delivery board will be set up to oversee the whole progress. Now, we could go on and on about how much it's going to cost the state if we don't, because we're signed up to this. It could cost us millions if we don't achieve some sort of reduction in carbon taxes uh, and fines uh, to the European Union. Now, do you support this? Have you spoken to people who support being environmentally friendly but have said they can't afford the taxes and won't be uh, uh, drawn into debt? So what are your feelings on the climate action plan, considering now you know it's probably going to cost you money? What are your feelings? Do you still feel as strongly about it now as you did last week? Let me know. You can 87 That's 87 Don't say you didn't ask for it. Uh, Green Party spokesperson for climate uh, is Councillor David Healy, and he joins me on the line. Uh, David, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Well, the plan is a big plan. It's ambitious. Uh, according to Richard Bruton, it's realistic. I don't believe it's realistic. Do you believe it's realistic? Uh, I, I think it's it, it's very significant. We're now starting to to get to grips with the, with the scale of the problem, and I think in the plan, you know, we can see certainly in in some areas. First of all, in, in the overall sense, the, the government is acknowledging the the extent of the transition, and then as you mentioned in the retrofit, you know, they've started to to set out the the the, the challenge and and what needs to be done. 
and that's and all well and good, but but who's going to pay for this? This is the problem, David. It's all well and good for the government and Leo and everybody else to come up with a plan and say, well, look, we need to retrofit houses, and many of the houses built in this state are quite old. Uh, they all need to be retrofitted to bring them up to standard to be energy efficient if we are going to use heat exchange pumps, uh, which, by the way, don't always work as well depending on the climate of the country, right? Depends on where you happen to be living, right? They, they, their efficiency, right? And we'll get to how they're powered in a few minutes. But, I mean, who's going to pay for it? The, the, the general public don't have any more money. So the, the, the challenge for the, for the retrofit is, is possibly, you know, it, 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 it's not a challenge of the total cost. It's a challenge of the financing. Uh, the, the investments will, will save people money over the, over the long term. But there, there are two big challenges. And one is to have the finance. To okay, but you're, the not answering the, you're, not, you're not answering the question. You're saying it'll save people money over the long term. Yes, once you've paid for your heating pump, once you've retrofitted your house, obviously your house will be energy efficient and it will cost you less in electricity and gas bills. But in saying that, who's going to pay for it? So if, well, that's, if, that's the, if, if the retrofit costs, let's just say, including the pump and everything else, right, say 15 grand. And that's a reasonable figure for, for retrofitting and an, uh, these pumps are quite expensive, right? So who's going to pay for that? Well, that's, that's not set out in the plan. So that's one of the, the, the issues. That what, <laughs> how, can what the plan... a, how can you make a plan without not, set, without not setting that out? Well, the, the suggestion is... Finnegale has drawn up the plan or the government has drawn up the plan. Oh, absolutely, but what I'm saying yeah. is they're saying in the plan that smart finance and easy payback methods will be introduced. In other words, we're paying for it. Is that what they're saying? And I mean, and I understand. No, but, I understand but, your no, aim. You know, like the, 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 because the, in 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 the long term, and it is a long term. It's you know twenty thirty years for for the payback for for deep retrofit. But because in the long term it pays for itself, then it's the question is financing. And so the government is is saying they haven't come up with the details, but they're saying they're going to come up with a financing system to enable people to finance it. And finance is only part of the problem because the other part to of the enable is people to finance it. I'm glad you said that. Okay, so in other words, people will have to pay for it. So and and I don't I believe do people have. Them, yeah. I don't. I don't believe the hard press workers of people, this country have any more got, money. Yeah, most people don't have the money to put in up front. So no, the, the, no the they don't have the money. No, they don't saying, have the money to pay for it. By I don't have the like. If I was your average worker on thirty-seven thousand euro a year, I don't have extra money on top of my mortgage and my rent and my other bills to be paying for retrofit uh, finance plans. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So it, it has to come out of the savings that you'll make on, in the longer term on, on your energy bills. Mm. And, and it has, if it's to work for, for most people, then that's the way it's got to be financed. I, well, and okay, I, do, I, don't think right that. I, don't think, I don't think they'll save that money to pay for it, but however. Uh, now, let me look at the cars. This is a big thing, of course, that's, that's upsetting people in some way. Yes, we all understand the pollution that comes from cars. And by the way, the Green Party and many other parties back in 2006 were the ones telling us to move to diesel cars because allegedly they were more efficient. Now we're being told to move to electric cars, which we could in 20 years' time be turning around and say, well, actually, no, they weren't more efficient. Because when we look at this theory in relation to electric cars, the mining for the batteries and the cost of the production of the cars leaves a huge carbon footprint in itself, not to mention, of course, the slave labour of young children mining these places. I mean, it, this is not, the, the science isn't there yet. So we're yeah, planning something that we don't have the technology for yet. I, I think the, 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 the transport section of the, of the, the plan is, is the weakest because what it fails to do is to look at public transport. The Citizens' Assembly uh, said that their big recommendation for transport was to reverse the investment so that twice as much was going on public transport than on roads. Absolutely. And uh, two weeks ago, the Doyle voted to revise the National Development Plan. Now, the, the government voted against it, but the majority in the Doyle um, voted to revi- that the government should revise the National Development Plan to increase the investment in public transport. And when it comes to this document, all of the emphasis has gone on to electric vehicles. And really, in, t- in, in terms of public transport, there is nothing new. They've just repeated some existing commitments. Well, so well, the, well the electric, electric vehicles are only going to produce more or less the same carbon footprint that diesel and petrol are producing at the moment. The only difference is they'll make less noise. I mean, when you look at the actual statistics involved in an electric vehicle, it takes 150,000 kilometres of usage to make back the carbon dollars. In other words, that's what it, they put it into carbon. They measure it in carbon dollars that diesel and petrol cars have. So realistically, the average person doesn't keep a car for 150,000 kilometres anyway, or in and around that probably is the lifespan of a lot of these cars. So it's not going to make a huge amount of difference also, the particles of dust from the brakes of these cars, because they're heavier, is probably worse for the environment than petrol and diesel cars. So these, and, and leaving aside that, the technology at the moment, even if we predict 10 years into the future, they predict that 10 minute charging time will be the average. 
Where are we going to charge all these cars? Where are people going to stand around for 10 minutes? If you take the average Apple Green, for example, which are the busy garages, uh, they probably have 400 cars in the space of an hour. So are we going to have 400 people standing there for 10 minutes every hour? It's not going to... Th- this plan is not going to work, David, based on, on what we're being told. I, the, the, the electric cars, yeah, and, and you're, you're absolutely right, with, with the, there, there are a lot of limitations on them as a technology. Now, we're supposed to get to 70% renewables, and, and I, believe, I believe we will, um, by, by 2030. And at that point, electric cars start to represent a significant in sa- saving in, in emissions. Um, at the moment, where we're only at 30% renewables, you know, the advantage isn't that great. And that's why the emphasis has to be on, on the, the public transport side. Um, we had public transport projects ready to go in 2011, which the current Taoiseach as then Minister for Transport cancelled or abandoned. We don't know exactly what happened to them. We don't know if they're on, on the long finger or disappeared. The railway line to Navan, the Dart Underground, and we were hoping that they would be back into this plan. And these are the uh, things that we no should metro. be doing. I mean, absolutely. The, the, the original metro plan that we had, Metro North, these are all the things that we should be progressing with. Um, for example, hybrid buses, which I've seen everybody grandstanding off to the Dáil yesterday on the hybrid buses. Meanwhile, when they finish the meeting in the Dáil, they jump back into their diesel cars again. So instead of being hypocrites and grandstanding, we should be actually doing something about public transport. I completely agree with you. And making it cheaper for people to use. But it's still not really the answer because many people were never going to have enough public transport for everybody. And somebody mentions here, by the way, important question for the green man that you have on the air. Can you ask him, does he understand that the disposal, disp- disposal of batteries from electric cars, which they, they approximate will be every 10 years, is worse than disposal of nuclear power? So, I, again, I think you agree that electric cars are probably not the solution to make a huge difference in society. I, I, I mean, I think electric cars do have a place. But the, the, the problems that they have, you know, are things that we, we can't ignore. And the resources needed to make the batteries, which I think you've already referred to, are, are very significant. There, there are, you know, rare metals required, which are in short supply. Yeah, cobalt um, and other things like that for these lithium-ion batteries. Exactly. And, and we have Dyson, who are the best people in the world, working at the moment to try and change the type of battery they're using. And they can't come up with anything better than lithium-ion. And now, I mean, I think we can hope that the technology will, will improve in, in time. But one of the, the problems is that we've been looking at the current transport system and just trying to think, and, you know, the, the, the approach has been to, well, let's change the way the engine works. And what we've been saying is, no, actually, there, there are a lot of better ways to do the transport system. We can improve facilities for people walking and cycling. And to be fair to the plan, it, it does commit to 10% for, for cycling. We can improve public transport. But we can also look at the way we own and use cars differently. If we're going to have electric cars, maybe we can share them. Maybe we but, but, cars all, but also in that plan, here, here's a suggestion. That might be the maddest thing in the world, David. In Dublin, for example, we have cars sitting, you know, at least three times a day on the M50 for an error, right? Yeah. Uh, which indeed is causing a huge problem, not only for pollution, but carbon emissions, for example. If those cars could do their journey in a quarter of the time, they would produce less emissions. And, you know, journey times on average, if you take London, for example, the average journey time is actually, believe it or not, only two miles uh, because people are doing short hops to shops and schools mm-hmm. and all sorts of carry on. If we could reduce the amount of time people spend in their cars, we could reduce the emissions rather than pushing towards a technology which is not really available to us yet, which is not really understood yet. So why not improve, we, as well as improving the cycleways, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that, we should improve that and encourage people if they want to get out and use park and ride to do that, but we should also encourage those who want to use their cars, who are in areas where, where they can't get public transport or maybe not, they're ca- not capable of cycling if they're a bit older uh, and not as good on their feet, to improve the way we can get from A to B in our cars as well. Because it is p- part of the same thing. It's all part of this plan. Should it not be part of the plan to have, for example, there should be another parallel road to the M50 for those trucks who want to come from Belfast to Cork to get from one side of you know, Dublin to the other without being sitting in congestion for an hour and a half. I mean, the, the, the feature that we've had, we've learned, uh, we've failed to learn the lesson in Dublin over the last number of decades is that if you increase the road capacity, uh, then you, you encourage more traffic. And, and that's what we've, we've ended up with. And what we need to be looking, for example, in terms of, of the, the ages and the people's abilities of cyclists, there's a big development in the Netherlands with uh, electric bicycles and people are traveling further and, and also, you know, at much greater, older ages than previously they've been traveling. 
because of the extra little bit of assistance that comes mm. from electric bikes. And I know Shane Ross is looking at legislation in relation to electric bikes and scooters at the moment, and obviously the safety regulations around those as well. And that's something that needs to be encouraged, absolutely, provided it's done safely and people have to wear helmets and all sorts of carry-on to go along with it and have to be, I suppose, responsible when using them. In, re- in relation to this whole plan, you know, I-, I can see people today waking up to this, saying, OK, the climate change debate was a debate up to now. And there was marching on the streets and there was kids being used out on the streets to, to, you know, to get some action going for this. Now it's here and it seems to be that the burden of responsibility is being laid firmly with the citizens of the country to tax our way out of this as usual. We we even had a suggestion yesterday to tax plastic straws. I mean, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. If we want to get rid of plastic straws, just get rid of them. But taxing them is not going to make an ounce of difference. Just like it made no difference last year to put a sugar tax on Coca-Cola, there's been no drop in sales in Coca-Cola. So people aren't making... It just means it costs them an extra four cent uh, to buy a can of Coke. The same way as with a plastic straw being taxed, it'll cost them an extra 10 cent to McDonald's for a happy meal with a plastic straw. So what I'm saying to you is, why not actually just do these things? And based on the evidence that we have so far, there are still people who dispute... Uh, the fact that this climate change is as serious as it's been made out to by the Green Party and by many others out there as well, that the actual impact Ireland is having on climate is negligible. When I watched a documentary, gave a very good analogy, and if you give me time, just a second, David, I'll explain to you. A guy who is a professor, a scientist of climate, he works in geology, he said, if you look at the Earth's history, he said, and you take it as being a beach, a very large beach, he said, by us removing the planes from the sky, taking the cars off the roads, he said, if you take a handful of sand from that beach and dispose of it, that is the difference we will make in the long term. Because you know, if you know your geology, we're in the middle of an ice age, as it speaks. We're currently in an ice age, but we're actually moving out of it. And that's according to National Geographic. Yeah, no, well, we're, we're in an interglacial period. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, we're, we should be going back into another ice age. Uh, that's kind of our... Well, we are. We're, we're currently in an ice age at the moment. People actually don't realise that. And I actually didn't realise that until I kind of did a bit of reading on it. We're currently in an ice age at the moment. And I wasn't aware of that, but we are. Uh, but we're actually coming out of it. I, I, mean, what, I suppose the, the answer to the science is that, you know, in, in, in the 80s, as the governments of the world started to realise that, that uh, climate change was, was a, a serious problem, um, they set about establishing an intergovernmental panel on climate change and, you know, they set up a body which is, is pretty much unique uh, in global history, where all of the, almost all of the governments in the world have brought together the, the scientists from, from the, the entirety of, of the, the physical sciences which have to do with the climate and put them in, into a, a network, an organization whose job is to advise governments uh, on what to do and to set out the scientific basis upon which international agreements can be reached. And so, that, you know, that's 31 years they've been operating They've produced six major reports, and every major report has been more and more um, emphatic, more and more concerned, and their advice has been stronger and stronger to say, you know... But yeah, but we, we, did, we did have the same stories going back many, many years ago. It was called global warming and not called climate change. Now it's called climate change. Then it was called global warming. And we were given the doomsday scenario back then that if we don't do something in 20 years, sure, the world is going to fall down around us, and it didn't. Now, I'm not suggesting, by the way, that the climate is not changing. I'm not a climate change denier for it by any stretch of the imagination, David. And I do believe that we play some part and some role in that as well. I don't know what we can do to change that without it affecting our lifestyles too much. But the government also has to look at things like Money Point Power Station alone. It produces 4.7 million tonnes of carbon emissions by burning cheap imported coal, twice the amount of our collective 1,500 turbines that they actually save, the wind turbines that we're trying to save with wind turbines. I mean, what about nuclear power? Yeah. Is that a right, realistic I option? The, I, I think in, in terms of, just in terms of money point, I mean, there is no doubt that money point needs to close and it needs to close rapidly. And in fact, it, it, not as, as large in total volume, but even worse in terms of emissions per unit energy are the, the peat-fired power plants and, and, and they also need, need to close. We, we have a very clear technical option for, for replacing them and, that, and that's uh, renewables, particularly offshore wind, um, and, you know, that big gap that you, you mentioned between 30% at the moment and 70% um, in, in 10, 11 years' time, that's, that's the main way that we will fill that. And, of course, in order to fill that, we then also need to be connecting because wind is variable. We need yeah, to but, yeah, but wind European turbines system. have been spread over mu- most, the, some of the most beautiful parts of Ireland and they've basically saved a kind of paltry 3 to 4% of the overall CO2 emissions. According This is according to the CEAI. 
So, I mean, are, do you know something? So, I mean, yes. is it actually worth it? Well, that, that's what I'm saying. That's why the, the, the offshore side is, is so important. Now, there's also, of course, you know, solar, uh, and particularly on roofs and, and farm buildings and so on, factories. Um, but the, the, the big one, not the only one, there's many things we need to do, but the, the, the big one is, is offshore wind. And, uh, and then the connections that we need to the European grid so that we can be selling them electricity when we've got far more than we because need. Because we can't store it, obviously, it back. Yeah. And there is some then some potential for storage, and storage technologies are cheaper, so it's definitely better to trade it. But there, there'll be there'll be some some storage needed as well. Yeah, but and I mean, at the moment, I mean, the technology we have at the moment, there is no feasible way of actually storing it. Well, there's there's one storage system in in uh, Wicklow at, at uh, the Turlock Hill, where the ESB pumps water up the hill. Uh, when All electricity right, okay. is cheap and, and lets it back down and generates electricity when, when they need it. Um, so that's, that's one technology. We, we may or may not have another one or two of those. There are other technologies. But I mean, do, okay, well, well, let me ask well. you, I mean, in a roundabout way, I, leaving aside all the taxes, I think people are going to be calling in today upset that they're going to have to, and the plan seems to be, by, the, by our government, is that the people are going to have to pay for this, right? It's going to cost people money, right? But leaving aside well, all I mean, that, I, David, your, your personal opinion, do you believe what we're doing, these plans, you know, some of the plans here, along with some of the stuff that you've mentioned and I've mentioned as well, do you believe in the big scheme of things that it's going to make the existence of people on this planet any more comfortable in the future? I think it's, it's you know, just the same as uh, the pieces of plastic we're throwing into the ocean, you know. Or well, I think that's an issue that we all, I think we all subscribe to that. And, I, and I, you know, nobody watched it, wants to see those guy videos with yeah. little turtles with straws stuck in their beaks and all sorts of carry on. So nobody, nobody wants to see that. And, and, and it's, it's similar enough, you know, there, there are billions and billions of people on the planet. Ireland's a very small country. But we're we're one of the worst in terms of our per capita impact on, on the climate. Yeah, but you've um, got countries like America and Russia who are not even signed up to this. You know what I mean? Well, I mean Russia is signed up to it. Well, to, they, to the they, they have massive carbon emissions. Massive they carbon have, emissions. And, and, and they, you know, they, all the countries have made commitments to, to reduce. Uh, the some of them Donald are, Trump. are doing better than others. Donald Trump, well, the United States made a commitment to Donald Trump has said he's going to withdraw them. And so I think it'll be another year or two before Well, he did say he Trump. wouldn't sign up to the Paris Agreement because he believed that it had an unfair disadvantage for industry in his country, I suppose, is the reason. That was the reason he gave. Yep. Um, but he said, he said he would come back to the table if it was rewritten in his favour. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's not going to be rewritten to, to, to suit him, I, I don't think. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, many of the, the states in, in the US are pushing ahead with, with their changes. You know, they're operating uh, carbon pricing systems and carbon trading systems. Uh, they're regulating to reduce their emissions. Uh, so, you know, Trump is very powerful, but uh, he's, he's not, he's not the, the sole power. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, we know what we need to do collectively and future generations, uh, you know, are, are the people we particularly need to bear in mind. There'll be lots of people as, texting in questions for you. I won't read them all. <laughs> but there's a lot of people uh, referring to you as the green lad. <laughs> all right. Well, David is <laughs> in the green party. Could you ask the green lad why we're still making power out of fossil fuel? I think he answered that already. Uh, why aren't we using wave power? Wave power is um, a worm in that it lies on top of the water and gets powered by waves. Why not uh, make more dams also hydropower? Uh, these could be all possibly used in the future. Well, I suppose they all could be used and all part of a plan as well. But listen, and, I, and they they should. I mean, wind is a big one, but we do need to look at some of the smaller technologies, and but also to deploy them in in a way that's 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 careful. And you know, hydropower can be damaging to to, to rivers. But there, there are some, some options as well for a bit more hydro. Well, 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 David, when you're talking to your party colleagues, will you be um, you know, opposing the electric cars, for example, which, if you look at the actual evidence, won't make an ounce of difference? Will you be opposing that? It'll but just cost we, money for people to have to change? Well, what, 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 we'll, be, what we'll be trying to push is to give people the, the alternative, and, and that's the, the main thing. And an awful lot of people don't have a public transport alternative um, at the moment, and we need to ensure that that's provided. Uh, and that means, you know, switching the investment and, and bringing you at about the two to one. Um, and I, I, and will you I also, don't will you also be talking the about the, Will you also be discouraging the government from f- suggesting that people will have to take loans out to pay for these retrofits and uh, uh, heat exchange pumps that they have to put into their homes? To, to be honest, I mean, I don't think the government is, is saying people are going to have to take loans. Now, one of the things we've been saying is that... They the are landlords, saying that. They are well, saying that. I, I, it's, what, it's there. It's, it's in black and white. They're saying you know, that five hundred thousand homes. We retrofitted the, the, the house that, that 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 I live in, 
and it's a big improvement in living. And, and I'm not saying it's, it's not, not going to be. And I, I have been so, in a house with, that was retrofitted with underfloor heating and, and also with heat exchange pumps and any hot air. For people who don't know, it just takes the cold air and turns it into hot air. But the government has clearly said that in relation to this retrofit plan for 500,000 homes, smart finance and easy payback methods will be introduced. To yeah, me, and, that's and, that's one means one thing only. We're paying for it. Well, it, it means that people will be given the financing to do it, but it doesn't mm-hmm. actually say that they'll be forced to take it up. But it, but if it's done right, and you know, we, we still, we're still waiting to see the plans, if it's done right, people will want to take it up. Well, now, you, well, you won't have a choice, because what they'll do is they'll bring in legislation where you, buy, you won't be allowed to sell your house unless it has an energy rating of above B2 or B3, maybe. Or should I say, no, it would be C, C2. Well, unless you have an, an energy rating above that, you won't be allowed to sell it. Yeah, one of the things we're particularly concerned about is the, is the retrofitting for for residential for uh, tenants uh, and for people who are in rented properties. Uh, we need to ensure that the landlords um, make the investment to to improve the conditions. For some of the worst housing conditions um, are are people living in private rented, often very cold um, mm. conditions in the winter, and we need to ensure that the landlords are improving them. But also, those landlords, some of them will need finance. Um, it, it you know, so the the public help can come. I would say not in terms of public funding, but just in terms of the administration and ensuring that the loans, loan system is operating and operating effectively and all that it's availed of. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate you coming on. Okay. Here. Green Party spokesperson so and climate councillor, David Healy. Sarah, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm all right. How are you, now? Good. Now, is the world going no. to end in 12 years? I doubt it. Did you call might me? End, it might end tomorrow if um, if Trump or, <laughs> or the Korean man get their way. So yeah. I wouldn't worry too much did about it. Did you call it, me Noel, I'm, Sarah? I did. I'm sorry. That's I meant <laughs> Niall. <laughs> no, I'll Noel you. Saoirse. Sorry now. I'll call you Saoirse. <laughs> oh, no, that's a horrible name. <laughs> oh, do you think so? You've just offended all the Saoirse's now. Oh, sorry. sorry it's, a, it's a bit of an unusual name, all right. Like, uh, well, I just put the phone down? <laughs> Sarah, you're not willing to pay, no? Well, it's it's the usual story, isn't it? Pick on pick on the the people who can do nothing. There's not one word about corporations. There's not one word about the Chinese, the Americans, or anybody else. Now I know this government can do nothing about them, but why us all the time? And if they if they put carbon tax on fuel then it doesn't solve the problem. It just puts People more money in drive. their pockets. Yes, we still yes. have to drive. And what I'd like to know from the likes of the various morons that uh, rule us, like Breed Smith, for instance, who keeps yammering on about leave the fossil fuels in the ground. So how do we keep warm? Well, I, I think if these people, the general people, the protesters against climate change, the real hard die-harders, the crusties, as I call them, right? Mm. If they were actually being honest, and one or two of them have been honest, they would want us living in caves and yeah, well, licking, we, each, other, licking each other instead of sharing. Yeah, well, that's cool if they want to do that. But most people have kind of gone a bit beyond that in the last million years. And most of them, by the way, are probably not working and living on the taxpayer that they despise so much. Um, but they're willing to take our money, and I suppose they'll take it again. But it's it's you cannot get away from the fact that human beings need heat, and most human beings are not in a position to uh, put in heat recovery pumps and things like that. Well, if their predictions are right, yeah. we won't be needing the heat in about thirty or forty thousand years. Well, this is it. You see, <laughs> I remember because I'm kind of fairly ancient. I'm I'm as ancient as you are. I think within a year or two. And um, <clears throat> we were told when we were at school that by now, by 2020, we'd be dead. well, not just that, but that Spain would be uninhabitable because it would be so hot. Mm. And that hasn't happened. Okay, well, um, the, actual, uh, the actual fact is, and this is something I didn't even know personally myself, that there's been at least five major ice ages have occurred throughout mm. the Earth's history. Mm-hmm. The earliest was over two billion years ago, and the most recent one about three started about three million years ago. Mm. And we're currently in it. They, we, they, this is actually an ice age, and we didn't, well, I didn't realise that, but it is an ice age. So we are actually in what they call a warm interglacial period of that ice age that began about 11,000 years ago. 
Yeah. The last period of glaciation, of course, was what we informally called the Ice Age. That peaked about 20,000 years ago. And the world on average now has become about 10 degrees Fahrenheit or 5 degrees colder than today. In other words, if you go back 20,000 years ago, it was 5 degrees colder than it is today. So we can assume that in 20,000 years that it may be about 4 or 5 degrees warmer. But there's nothing we can do about that. Well, no, We can't see, change that. The other thing that nobody ever mentions is, and this is a fact because they can tell from archaeology can tell this, in the 8th and 9th century, the Saxons grew grapes as far north as York in England and made wine because it was warm enough to do so. Now, you couldn't do that nowadays. No. You know, yeah. so, so, you know, they, they kind of conveniently forget a lot of this. Yeah, well, I think they pick and choose the figures to get the right averages to prove their point, and and this is it. And I'm not denying for a minute that the climate is changing because people. I don't want to come across as some kind of deranged talk show host who's denying that climate I is mean, changing. It, it is it's possibly changing, but it's how much it's to do with what we do, and and more to the point, how much of it is to do with Joe Soap going to work in his car and lighting his fires or his stove or using oil to keep warm, and how much is to do with these vast conglomerate companies pumping out rubbish. I mean, I, I came back from the UK this weekend on the ferry, and when you come into Dublin Port, I mean, there's smoke the billowing up. Chimneys all over the place, seven, yeah. You know, and stuff going into the port there that doesn't look too healthy. You okay, know? well, we'll say that because I have another Sarah. Sorry, Sarahs mm-hmm. are obviously quite popular names for people who don't want to pay any more taxes. <laughs> uh, Sarah. <laughs> oh, is that Hello. A, yeah, you're not Sarah, are you? No, I'm not. I'm G.O.D. Oh, jeez, John. John, she has her name down as Sarah. I'll call oh, you okay. Sarah anyway. I must, Come on. I must be, I must be after getting the transgender, don't I? <laughs> Do, are, you, are you the change in your gender? <laughs> I have, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, John. John, are you willing to pay more taxes? Jesus, I am not indeed. I was watching the, the, this thing from Grange Graham and yesterday, and uh, all the lustrous Taoiseach. All um, arriving on a bus. Did you see the yeah, state I of them? Did, yeah, Jesus, what a shock. Oh, pretending to care about the climate. But he, he quoted the other renowned uh, person, like he said, David Attenborough, right? who, by the way, is not a climatologist, right? He's not an environmental scientist. He's an anthropologist. That's all he is, yeah. He's a historian, that's all. Well, right? he, well he, he has got degrees in anthropology, as far as I know, as well. Yeah, but I mean, like David Attenborough, I mean, like you, David Attenborough, so, and we say he's in the Burmese jungle, right? And here he is. I'm now looking at the long tailed monkey who has channeled Donovan and Carcass and stopped burning coal. We'll cease taking this. Why couldn't give a rat's ass about the long tailed monkey in Burma? What did he ever do for me? Is he going to pay my yes, people? Uh, well, we have, no, and in fairness, we do have to care about the long-tailed monkey, but the long-tailed monkey is losing his habitat, not just because of John O'Donovan. Uh, yeah, the long-tailed uh, monkey is losing his habitat, possibly because we're destroying the forests. But we're doing that but, for other reasons, which has nothing to do with climate change. Yeah, at the moment, no one's showing you, right? The, the Chinese poor industry, you know, they're not the petitioning the government, no, that to build 300 to 500 new coal burning stations right up to 2030. And as that lady has just said there... By the time this conversation is over today at 2 o'clock, right, there will be more crap pumped up in India, Pakistan, America, the African continent, China, and then in that time, right, by the time your program finishes now, then we would pump up here in a thousand years. Now, so they're probably going to tell us next now that radio frequencies, FM radio frequencies, uh, damage the climate. Should we be all taken out the bloody air? Why are we being almost used as the bicycle snow, like I mean, of Europe and the world, like I mean, a tiny little island, no? And people that are already struggling trying to pay mortgages or heavy rents, right? Well, you're going to have to struggle again, it seems. There'll be more austerity, and they reckon the austerity on this will be worse than the austerity from 2009, that you're going to have to pay taxes, uh, be it on diesel and uh, petrol cars, but not only that, to retrofit your house and pay for a new pump. The, oh, uh, have you seen the cost of these heat pumps, by the way? Uh, yeah, but how are people going to afford that? Then we'll say you can't afford it. You have two kids. Oh, they, no, no. Oh, the government have a plan for that as well. It was in the plan yesterday. doesn't matter whether you can't afford it or not. What we'll do is we'll give you a loan of the money and you can pay it back to us. Yeah, and where are people supposed to get the money to pay the loan? I know. Uh, Sarah and John, stay there for a second. Um, I want to just uh, read out one or two of these texts as well. Uh, now, wait until the ESB go out and strike and the country shuts down because um, noon can charge 
three cars are after storms when electricity... Oh, no one... It's not noon. Will you put a space in? Because no one can charge their cars after the storm is when the electricity is out at your house. I never thought of that day, Mo. Yeah, what happens if there's a power cut? Um, Martin, uh, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, Martin? Martin, it seems that everybody was buying into this, protesting, and now all of a sudden the plan is out and it's going to cost us money and all of a sudden everyone thinks it's a scam and we're not buying into it anymore. Martin, are you there? Ah, oh, sir, God's sake. Global warming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> He's being hit by global warming. I mean, I mean, Sarah, what do you say to all the people who were out marching the streets, particularly young people as well, who were suggesting that we should take action on this climate change? Well, <clears throat> I think, you know, it's okay for the young to do this, but they haven't got any real grasp on reality, have they? They don't have to pay bills. Yeah. They're not paying for it. Um, and I think, quite honestly, I'm a cynic. I suppose I think the government, quite honestly, is using this as a deflection against their other. Are those young people being brainwashed? I think so, yeah, because in school it's all climate warming and this, that and the other. And yeah, I okay. just think it's, it's basically, as the government always does, it's a distraction. And once the crisis is over, then it'll all go, it'll all be forgotten well, I don't about. Think, like I don't a, think this is going to go away too quickly. And, and particularly in the last election, a lot of people at a protest voted for the Green Party. Now they have a little bit of power. God only knows what could happen. Martin, you're on Classic Kids. Sorry, Martin, we lost you there a second ago. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, don't know what happened there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, I just think it's... Uh, just amazing how, how uh, it's a great example of how how to touch Fina Gale really are, you know, in in putting forward plans like this, which basically haven't got a shape or any sort of element of common sense behind it. And I, I just think it's a knee-jerk reaction on their behalf to try and, you know, get get in on the tax green your way out of a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, apart from taxing away out of the problem, it's for it's for them to try and get on the on the green bandwagon where they think they're going to lose votes. And, and, and not be in a position of power. Well, well, no? I, well, I think they're wrong, because if you look at the climate change protests that happened in this country, there was very few people at them in the big scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, it was, that wasn't like the water charges or anything else. And there was there was very few people, apart from the kids, and they were kind of looking just for the day out. They didn't... Most of the kids oh, in those protests yeah. didn't give a shite about climate. They just took their day off, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think the government are betting the wrong horse here. Yeah, they are. And the other thing is, is obviously they still want to be seen as the... Uh, the best boys in school as far as the EU is concerned. Well, so the what were they like the... yesterday on the hybrid bus all arriving to the doll? I mean, what? Uh, well, talk about grandstanding. That was the, the most ridiculous piece of grandstanding. I, I, I mean, I, I was watching it and I just cringed. I, I thought, you know, grown men on the bus. Yeah, and they, they, by the way, they all pretend. didn't come back on the bus. Most of them just got oh. into their own bloody cars <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely you know, nonsense. It's, it's just bloody photo. I, I wonder it was Leo you know. sitting down the back. Yeah, him yeah, and so Harris. Throwing things that, out the window, doing mooners out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really gets me, though, Niall, is, is that, you know, you've got to, uh, we, know, we buy tons of stuff from China. So that's coming over in container ships. Every container ship is pumping out something like the equivalent of 50 million cars. <laughs> We've only got two and a half million cars in this country. So, you know, we're, we're actually on the better side of it. Uh, of, of what an oil tank is pumping out, you know? Yeah. It's just ludicrous. And it, it's the same knee-jerk sort of reaction, like with the road safety thing. There's nothing we can do about it, and yet they're doing everything about it, just for the pure optics of it. But, but do, 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 do you think people are going to stand up and start paying attention now? Because the majority of people haven't been paying attention up to now and just been running with the herd. But now well, maybe when they hear today that you're going to... If, by the way, if here's the, the deal, and this is what they're suggesting that if you don't retrofit your house and you don't change to a heat pump or a heat exchange pump by 2025 or 2030, they haven't actually got the plan yet, um, that you will obviously have to pay a levy on on oil or gas. In yeah. other words, your oil or gas bill could double. Yeah, it would just stuffed either way. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing that gets me is these fines that, uh, that they're doing. You know, there's lots of fines and everything by Europe. Millions, millions in fines. Yeah, in, in millions in fines. It, well, it actually, does it work out up to 2030, up to something like six or seven billion? Yeah. So I, I think there's another wealth transfer shift going off. You know, take all the money again off, off, off the ordinary right. Joe and, and stuff it in the pockets of either the corporates who have, have got these wonderful new uh, things they want to build and, 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 and foist mm. on us. Uh, or, you know, we're, we're just left with uh, people in bureau, bureaucrats in, in the EU just... Pumping out money, 
spending money as though it's going out of fashion. Yeah, sorry, John, very quickly, 30 seconds, go ahead. Yeah, yeah look, why isn't the, the Prime Minister of this country looking for an exemption for this country, for the size of it? Like, that was never even discussed about these fines and everything. What a tiny little island. Like, well, this, this could be worse, and suggest, some of the economists are suggesting, from a financial point of view for the people, this will be worse than austerity. I tell you something, I can't see the people that are sitting for this. I think people will be on the streets, and I think we should. The uh, the average, uh, well, they, they're working out the average cost per household could be up to €4,559 per household well, per, well, this, per year. They said to retrofit oh, this all way, the That's houses. by a certain year, yes, sorry. Yeah, they said to retro, retrofit all the houses now in the whole of Ireland. But that, that's not including retrofitting. Retrofitting yeah. can cost you fifteen grand. Yeah, no, but the whole, every house in Ireland, if you were to do it right, would cost eighty billion. Where is that 80 billion going to come Oh, from? you're going to pay it yourself. There is nobody texting in or calling in that agrees with this plan. Let me just go through the bits and pieces of this plan as well. Martin is still willing to say no. Martin, some of this is actually hilarious. Well, actually, it would be hilariously funny if it wasn't so serious, right? Uh, they want to bring in 950,000 electric vehicles onto our roads, deliver a nationwide charging network, an electric vehicle scrappage scheme, uh, and legislation to ban the sale of petrol and diesel cars from 2030. It'll be legal to own one, right? And if you do own one, I'm assuming what will happen is there'll be a levy put on it for tax, right? Uh, all councils will then be provided with greater capital investment by the end of the year to develop, now this is the best, the funniest part, 200 on-street chargers for electric cars annually. That's 2,000 in the next 10 years. So where are where is everybody going to charge these bloody cars, Martin? Because what happens to no people, idea. for example, who don't have, who have on-street parking, who can't plug their cars into their houses? I know. It's just ludicrous. Totally ill-thought-out. I mean... You know, all right, and electric cars are not the answer, by the way. You do. I mean, if you look up the research on it, they're not the. They have the carbon emissions and footprints in designing and building these cars is just as bad as diesel and petrol cars. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, creating the electricity as well is is, is not entirely a, a green uh, issue either. No. But, uh, so the whole thing is just a knee-jerk reaction, you know, a political one, uh, and, and obviously, again, we've got the issue with with, with Europe as well. Uh, you know, placing fines to suck money into the centre of Europe for them to spend. You know, we've, we've just got the whole balance of this wrong again. And then but but, but when, I listen, when I listen to the Green Party talking there at the start of the show, and they said, oh, you know, this is an investment that 20 or 30 years will pay off. So in other words, what about, what about the pensioners of this country who are going to have to pay these taxes as well, these extra carbon yeah. taxes? Affect them, they're not going to benefit from it, so nobody gives a shite about them. Yeah, well, I, mean, I had a friend who, uh, you know, back in the 80s had a um, uh, solar energy company in the UK, and, and, you know, they was going through, trying, trying to sell that, along with double glazing and all the other things you, you sold at the time. You know, and, and again, the payback on that for the investment never worked out because, you know, uh, year on year, the bills for the electricity will go up. Mm-hmm. You know, they never come down in, in, in any great shake. So, you know, you're, you're paying for stuff. You get, and, and on top of that, you know, we've just come from a period where we were getting loans like crazy for this, that and the other and, and bust ourselves over that. I mean, are we, are we going to go down the same road? Okay, but they, they want that, everybody to... to up with debt again. The, the, everybody who's just bought a new boiler, by the way, you've just wasted your time, because by 2023, yeah. they want to introduce training programmes to upskill approximately 300 to 500 heat pump installers, like they did with water meter installers, yeah. uh, to put heat pumps. Now, I've been reading the research on heat pumps. It's only the very expensive heat pumps that will work in our climate, um, because the cheaper ones uh, will work in places like, say, for example, Florida, where they use for air conditioning and heat, because they, yeah. do, they have a milder climate. So they're not going to work, because if it's extremely cold weather, they struggle to provide the same type of heat that gas and oil will heat will produce unless you get a very good one. These are expensive units. And not only yeah. that, they're pointless if you don't have a house that has a sustainability or an energy sustainability of about sort of C3 or C2, uh, B1, B2. So, in yeah. other words, many houses in this country are not going to benefit from these at all. That's right. I mean, it, again, comes back to balance and perspective. You know, the, the, this country is, is, is 4 million people. Okay, if it goes up to 8 million people, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big city somewhere else. You know, so really, in terms of perspective, whatever's done in Ireland isn't going to make a jot of difference worldwide or even... And know, the, are the state going to pay for it? The, the, see, if the state were paying for this, you could kind of go, well, even though I don't buy yeah. into it, so at least not going to cost me any money. But the state are clearly saying, we're not paying for this. You are. Uh, we'll give you yeah. a loan of the money and you can pay us back, but you're paying for it. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's it's totally out of kilter. And again, it's just a knee-jerk reaction to this new religion that we've all... all all of a sudden being foisted on. Okay, well, we'll, we'll stay there for a second because I want to go to... Is it... To, uh, and, so and remember, 
that you know being taught at school about the Ice Age, oh, yeah. David <laughs> Bellamy and all that lot. You know, so I, I come from that era. That I've heard that many fads over the last so many decades. Oh yeah, I, I, Helena fun. mentioned the one that she when she was in school, we were all going to be sucked out through the ozone layer and the yeah, whole of the yeah, ozone yeah. layer. Okay, yeah. but sorry, well hang on, Clara, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Clara? Hi, Niall, how are you? Good. Clara, I mean, are you buying into all this or were you one of those no. people who didn't buy into it at all? I didn't buy into it and astonishingly enough, I'm in the tidy town so I'm one of these people out trying to make a difference. Okay. You know, and I'm picking up other people's litter and stuff like that. And that's a good and thing because it's all about pollution and you're right, yeah. recycling is a good idea. And it's, it's a good all idea that. and yeah. like you, I acknowledge we all have some kind of responsibility, we all have to watch ourselves but I'm sick and tired of the end user being told in a punitive way, it's your fault, you've got to pay for it. Like the bin charges came in with more fly tipping and I can see that, I tell you, on a daily basis, there's more people dumping rubbish because they have to pay for their rubbish. There's mm-hmm. more people going to have to, and I was like, being a bit of a smart Alex was saying, they're going to ban toilet paper, we're wiping our bum with sponges next. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, where, where does it end? You know, I think this vision of Stalinist Russia, we go up and there's nothing in the shop. Well, this is what I told you, know, you, the crusties won't be happy because we're all sitting in cages and we don't have showers and we lick each other clean every day. <laughs> but it, honest to God, is not our fault. It's not my fault, the end user's fault, that every time I go to the supermarket, it's full of plastic. That's not my fault. I'm doing everything well, well, it's equally, I don't believe personally it's your fault that the climate of the world has been changing over the last three billion years. Yeah, I don't exactly. think that's your fault. <laughs> and I don't believe you not wiping your bum with a piece of toilet paper is going to make an ounce of difference or you <laughs> driving to a shop is going to make an ounce of difference to the end user, which will no, be the people in thousands know, of years' time. Absolutely everything I can. I recycle, I reuse, I go out and pick up other people's rubbish. I'm doing everything I can and... I bought this house. This house was built in 1985. I bought it in 2005. And I, it came with an oil boiler, which was rubbish. And we have an oil tank. Now, I couldn't afford to switch over to gas, which they're telling us now, anyway, luckily enough, is not the solution. So yeah, that wasn't a bad idea. Yeah. But I got a bo- really good new boiler in, one of these super-duper condenser boilers that has, you know, a tiny bit of steam comes out, but it doesn't pollute. And now I've been told, well, sorry about that, Lord. You have to get rid of that, You're too. Have, yes, get rid of that, too. <laughs> or we're going to charge you more money. And I, but see, here's the, here's the irony, right? So they want you to get rid of that because they want you to stop using fossil fuels like oil, right? Yeah. So you're going to put in a heat pump, which is powered by yeah. electricity, which has to come from a power plant, which in turn is powered by oil, oil or other f- fuels, fossil and see, fuels. And this is, this is why I was so incensed when the local elections happened and they were talking about the green wave, the green wave, and I'm thinking it's more like a flash, hold on to yourselves, it's not a wave. Um, you know, they were latching on to these things. Well, you know, everybody's going to be happy now to be taxed. No, I want you to come up with a plan where you're going to have proper power stations. And, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to nuclear if it's clean and it's well managed. But if you're going to charge me money, well, I want to know what you're doing about the electricity that comes into my house, by the way, which keeps getting cut off. Yeah, so what happens then if you you had an electric car? Exactly. You You know what I mean? You're sitting here playing Monopoly by candlelight. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I, they just drive me bonkers. It's the end user all the time. Punish, punish, punish the end user without actually doing, a, you know, a national strategy for the, for the energy that comes into my home. I mean, the amount of oil I use, because I can't afford to keep filling my tank, I put jumpers on. We have a smokeless fuel fire going. Luckily enough, none of us are freezing to death. We're all cozy and warm. But I am not the problem. And this is what is really scaring me about all the solutions. All of them are punish the end user, make the end user pay. Well, well it's done. It's a done deal because of all the marching that the kids did and because of all the marching that the Crusties did on O'Connell Bridge there a while ago and all the shouting and roaring and all the people who absolutely voted for the Green Party. There's now a plan in action because it's been declared a national emergency. I don't yeah. see the emergency, but anyway, a, a national emergency. And now they have this plan that, you, you know, it'll be legal to have your petrol or diesel car in 2030. You're going to have to change that L oil boiler of yours and put it in a heat <laughs> pump. Uh, and they're not going to pay for it. You are. And not only but that, you know, but you're going to have to retrofit your home to make well, it more I, energy efficient. And hand on heart, Niall, you know, I've been talking about protesting before. I'm a real fan of people getting out and having their say. And I admire their passion. I really do. Young people are supposed to be passionate about stuff. They're supposed to want to change the world. That's why we admire them so much. I, it's not their fault that this has happened. I think what's happened is is that the people in power are lazy thinkers. Mm. And, they, and they're doing what suits them. Like, there's nothing about reducing the national herd. 
I mean, there's a huge part of our problem with agriculture. I've nothing against the farmers either. They can they can grow as much well, soy well, they and did, tofu well, as they want. Well, they want. absolutely. Well, they did put in part of the policy, by the way, is is, is agriculture reducing greenhouse gas emissions and agriculture by creating yeah, but sustainable opportunities though. for family farms. Yeah, but they're not saying reduce our herd, reduce the impact. They're saying deal with what you have and try and reduce it. And it's the same with... Why aren't they demanding that supermarkets reduce their plastic or cut the amount of time on the roads with mm. their trucks and stuff well, like I, that? Well, I mean, all, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. And yes, they, they mentioned this tax on plastic straws, right? I, I don't agree with that at all. Just get rid of the goddamn things. Just ban them if you want to. And that's you're grand. Singing, you're singing from my hymn sheet. When I tell you the amount of plastic straws and plastic spoons we're picking up off the ground and they're mm. in the hedgerows and, they're, and they're, it takes hundreds of years for them to manage. Yeah. But also they smash and they're, they're really hard to pick up. Yeah, and those, and those little bits are, are dangerous for little animals and creatures and all sorts of carry on. And I completely agree with you. Just ban the bloody things. Putting a tax on them won't stop people from using them. People won't care if they have to pay an extra five cent for their McDonald's Happy Meal to get a straw with it for the little kids. They'll just bloody pay it. Just like we did. It didn't stop us drinking Coca-Cola last year when we brought in the fat tax. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Bart. Bart, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Bart? Hello, hello, Nye. How are you doing? Bart, I, I'm, I'm struggling to find anybody who is willing to fork out to save the planet. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and uh, I, I was just thinking myself, because I think you got the wrong number, because I, 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 equally, I don't agree with that. Um, now, I'm not no expert in uh, any of the areas that were discussed uh, by previous speakers, and uh, um, basically, I just tuned in, and apologies for my arrogance, really, I don't re- really listen to the uh, talk shows too much, but uh, I, I think I'm going to become a, an instant fan after this show, because uh, I think we need a little bit more people that are not afraid to openly uh, say what they think and not to be so PC about all the stuff. And um, um, and, and what's happening? And I, I, I at the moment, I, I think we're going mad with everything. You know, I agree with every single speaker that was on the show. Uh, Sarah, I didn't, I didn't catch the the name of the Clara, lady, Clara, the, yes, Clara, and then Sarah I, uh, Martin beforehand. before that, yeah, uh, correct, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, uh, just, again. I'm just a simple person as well. Live live enough uh, at the moment for, for long enough to, to to see how other things have developed. We had the diesel cars, we had uh, uh, other stuff. Now we have the electric cars and then the heating. Now, you know, from a from from a simple person perspective and, and thinking just simply logically, it's it's just you know somebody's lobbying for that. You know, somebody's. I, I think this is still not about really environment and as you say you you, you bring the cycle planet uh, cycle planets and um, the, mm-hmm. the, the uh, and all that and i i agree completely you know i i say we do have a bit of an impact and i say the earth was never was never industrialized in a, in in a, in a way it is at the moment so we, we, well, we definitely our making, population has gone from 2 billion to 8 billion in 100 yeah, years correct. So. We, 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 we are making a bit of a we, we are making a stamp there we're making a difference but uh, do you know uh, the, 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 I think life on earth is, is you know earth is now a million years old and I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to fix itself and I agree with your point as well it's just a cycle and uh, we do add a little bit because uh, well, there, is, there we, is going to come a time where the, yeah. the where the climate of the world will change to a point where most of us will die. Some oh, of us, definitely. some of us may survive. It happened before. It's happened four times before. Correct. Uh, and you know, some of us will survive. A small percentage will survive and repopulate maybe the planet again. And mm-hmm. then will come a time when you know it changes again to a point where we become extinct. The, I I don't believe we can change that. I don't believe we'll ever be able to change that. I think we should enjoy the planet while we're here. Within reason, I'm not saying take the piss either. Do you understand? What I'm no, saying? no. We, we all can be a little bit better, you yes. know, in, in that sense, and 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 be reasonable and sensible about it too. Like, I mean, don't do stupid stuff, you know. And 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 that's 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 what you can help. That's how you can uh, uh, contribute. Uh, I'd say. But, well, we've but really, we've developed this wonderful lifestyle whereby we can visit other countries on aeroplanes. Right. We can yeah. drive around in our cars, and 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 that is becoming more efficient and more economical as time goes on. Yeah. And you know, and we can do all those things. But yet, some of these climate change enthusiasts—that's what I want to call them, or as I call them, the crusties—would like us all pedaling around everywhere and let's take the cars off the road and never visit another country and fly in a plane again. Yeah, and most of the time uh, they they don't actually live by their but their no they don't standards and values either. And they, yeah. Yeah, you gave the example of you know politicians driving on the bus and then coming back in his diesel cars. Well, I, I, I think one that. of the best examples was the big climate change protest in London. Uh, the lead spokesperson was Emma Thompson, who's the actress. 
And ironically enough, straight after the thing, she flew back to Hollywood where she lives in Los Angeles in her fabulous big house, which I'm sure is not energy efficient. And she flew first class on Virgin Airlines. <laughs> so if that's not hypocrisy, I don't know what is. If she, really, is. If she cared, she should have got a boat. <laughs> it is huge. It is hugely. But see, for the, for, for, for the small people, uh, you know, the, worst worrying, the most worrying thing is that, you know, the government's going to pass the law and, and you'll have to comply and you'll get ahead, whether, whether you have something to say or not. Whether you go and cast your vote uh, in the in the polls or not, you know that's 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 a bit uh, how to say um, scary part. Yeah, it is it's a scary part. Scary, yeah. Nice, yeah, nice. It is. yeah, sorry, yeah. Clara. I was about to say, for me, I need a show of faith from the government. I'd like them to do their bit first, and then come to me. You know, I'm doing everything that's required of me at the moment. That you know, recycling and my bins and keeping the heat down and lowering the thermostat and putting the jumper on and all the things, all the little tips and things for saving energy. But I want them to show me that they're serious about this first. I want them to build a new power plant that doesn't rely on fossil fuels. I want them to do that first and then come around and say to me, well, you know what, we're going to charge you a little bit extra for that, but we've done it. Instead mm. of it always being the other way around. Mm. Let's charge them yeah, first. Yeah, charge them first and let's see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I, I have to go into a break. Please stay with me. Uh, keep texting. Loads and loads of people texting in. By the way, I did say I'd give priority to anybody who agrees with it. And sadly, nobody does. But people did last week when we spoke about this about three weeks ago. Actually, there's a load of people there from extinction and all sorts of crazy places all coming on the air, waffling on about climate change. But now as soon as the government have mentioned it's going to cost money and millions, um, of course, nobody wants to know about it anymore. People think this is all nonsense now. Well, but maybe you've all come to the realisation that it probably was nonsense in the first place. Uh, one cruise liner gives out as much fumes as 250 million cars in Europe. That's right. I've heard that story before. Uh, the population is exploding uh, because of the third world. And then and then they come to the West and continue multiplying at a rapid rate, consuming resources. Send condoms, not food. OK, well, obviously you have your own agenda there, I believe. And everybody says, hi, now, plastic on goods in supermarkets started as a matter of hygiene. Not everyone wants to buy loose veg, fruit, uh, bread, etc. Uh, and then some mank just had, uh, just, or some mank has just handled, squeezed and sniffed, says Anthony in Cork. Well, that's right. Somebody mentioned the other day the little nets they put on onions and stuff like that, which are made of plastic. They want to change those as well to string or something else. Uh, that's more biodegradable, which is probably not a bad idea. If, look, if these things can be done, I don't see what the harm in doing it, as long as it's not going to cost the end user any more. Sorry, I've just got to Frank before the break. Frank, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Frank? Oh, uh, go ahead, Frank. Hold on, I just switch you on there. Hang on, Frank. There you go. They turned you off. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I'm just looking at where, where, what's going to happen in the event of storms and damage. Where's the ESB supply going to be for people in that situation? Well, this is the problem. They, see, it will bring, if we have electricity cut power cuts, which we do on a regular basis when we have storms, um, it will bring the country's traffic to a standstill because nobody will be able to charge their cars. Yeah, that's it. No one will be, and no one will be able to heat their houses. And, no one, and, and if everyone has went over to those heat pumps and everything, they can't use alternative heating. No, you'll so, all have to start burning logs or something. <laughs> oh, but that, that'll be illegal probably too. If you have no fireplaces in your house, you can't put them. Yeah, well, all the modern houses are going to be built without fireplaces. Well, they are. Well, well in fairness to fireplace, I know people, Irish people particularly like fireplaces, Frank, but they're useless. You know, because something like 33% or whatever it is, or two-thirds or something like that I read before, of the heat actually goes out through the chimney. So yeah, they're, they're kind of reasonably useless. On those stoves, uh, modern stoves. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, the Yaga they're, ones, they're yeah. They're more fuel efficient than what you but if you have built your house depending on one source, right, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're really goosed. Yeah, and what about farmers who depend on their tractors and their, you know, harvesters? And so what are they going to do if there's a power cut? Are they out of business for a few days? Yeah, well, didn't the whole country be out, didn't they? Everyone. Yeah, absolutely. If, if we're all relying on the one source. Yeah, well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I don't, I do... I do believe that the Green Party and the government haven't really thought this through. And if they, to be honest with you, our poor member of the Green Party that came on the air at the start of the show, I don't really believe that he had his information right when it came to electric cars. And I think I nailed that home to him. Anyway, if you look at the evidence on electric cars and the plan that we have, it's not sustainable. 
There is nowhere for us to charge these, for everybody to charge these cars based on current technology, even based on a predicted technology of 10 years' time. It'll still take 10 minutes to charge a car. So where are we all going to charge these cars? It's not thought out at all, because at the moment, people are queuing up for chargers. Well, well, people, I mean, you go into an average busy garage. I, I don't know what part of the country you live in, Frank, right? I'm down in Limerick. Okay, well, you go into a busy garage in the city, or here in Dublin, for example, a busy apple green. You know, you might be queuing up to get to a pump for about five minutes. Now, and all those, all those stations have 12 pumps, roughly. Yeah, right? absolutely. So you can imagine if it takes, and it only takes you about 20, 30 seconds to fill your car with diesel or petrol. You can imagine if it's going to take you 10 minutes to charge an electric car. How many charging points are they going to need? And many people will be in the garage standing around for 10 minutes. And, and that's in 10 years' time, if we do get the technology that's been promised. And if you go back to the 70s, I remember in the 70s, when the ESP were asking people to cut back, they weren't there to supply the, the, the power to us. Mm. That's not that long ago at all. And how are they going to be able to supply power to everything? In, yeah, in well... Changeover. It's, the bottom line, Frank, is it's not going to work. And and for anybody who's reading this and taking it seriously, they're all delusional. I, I think there's some sort of, I don't know if there's something in the water in the doll, or I don't know if they're all on something, but I just genuinely believe they're all delusional. I'd say it is a hundred-year project. And, but that'd be more like it, all right. That's more like it, Frank. All right, listen, Frank, thanks. Maybe, we, maybe in a hundred years we can run them on oxygen or just yeah. air. <laughs> Alright, thanks very much There was, actually years and years ago Somebody did try to develop a hydrogen car Which was obviously, you know Mixing combinations of oxygen And what is it, zinc and something else, isn't it? Um, it's a bit, to build a hydrogen car, car That ran on hydrogen But now, you can only imagine the outcome of something like that Hydrogen being highly inflammable Now, I want to talk about uh, age Let me just move on from that Because so many people texting in And somebody says, no, why didn't you have somebody on that agrees with it? Because nobody does agree with it if you want to come on, you're welcome to come on. Your right to reply is there. You can come on. I will give priority. I've said it three times to anybody who actually agrees with it. Nobody agrees with it. There's nobody in this country, as far as I know, who is willing to pay more taxes, pay for their house to be done up by retrofitted, pay for a new pump, uh, get rid of their diesel and petrol car that quickly to swap it over for an electric car, which you're not going to be able to, have, able to charge. There is nobody willing to do that. So the government are the only people willing to do it. And even they're not willing to do it. Most of them drove home from the doll yesterday. They didn't get back on the hydrogen or whatever it was, the hybrid bus, that they all went on like gobshites up to the doll in. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic.